Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice weekly podcast on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Communications Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, I'm happy to introduce my guest, Ross O'Brien. He is the founder and CEO of Bonaventure Equity. The company's entirely focused on investing in the cannabis industry. And Ross is the author of the first book on cannabis venture capital for Entrepreneur Press. And here's a fun fact. Uh, He invested in Ricky Williams' company and works closely with the former Mexican president, Vicente Fox, on building the legal cannabis industry in Mexico. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show, Ross. Hi, Bethany. Really great to be here. Thank you so much. Yep. Thanks for joining me. Uh, I am dispatching from home. It is during uh, <laughs> the first week of the quarantine. <laughs> right. So, yeah, here we are in a new world. And I think uh, this kind of digital content uh, is more valuable than ever. Um, Great. Yes. We're doing so. the same thing here. And I'm actively looking for somebody that's out in the market with hemp toilet paper. <laughs> yes, I think that's brilliant. <laughs> the next big thing. All right, so uh, so let's get to know more about you and your background and what kinds of work and experiences you had before getting involved, stepping foot into the cannabis industry. Sure, uh, happy to give you a quick background. Thanks. So um, most of my experience uh, is bifurcated in the early parts of my career between entrepreneurship and then finance. So started was involved in startups going all the way back to being uh, a young guy in Canada at 19 and uh, was very involved in that for the majority of the first part of my career. And then after uh, grad school, uh, focused entirely on finance and got involved with working with a lot of family offices and private investors. Um, so have always been around uh, investing in and raising money for and working with and uh, managing and selling private companies. And so over the last several years, I uh, built my own platform to do that. I was the chief investment officer at a family office in Florida prior to going out on my own. And as our investors and the investors that we had worked with um, were spending more and more time and attention in cannabis, as I'm sure you know, family offices were very early movers into financing a lot of very large transactions and and, uh, a really big source of capital early on in cannabis, while a lot of the institutional or fund investors were either getting formed or, or not able to invest. Mm-hmm. Uh, realized it was a market that everybody was paying a lot of attention to. I'd personally had a lot of interest in cannabis um, as a consumer, but also just it generally felt to me over the years is the kind of business that uh, kind of opportunity that that would map to a lot of business formation. So we set up our first fund uh, last year. Um, we have five investments in that now. Um, and we're very excited for 
what's happening uh, more broadly in cannabis, but uh, it's an interesting time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like uh, you enjoy the thrill of new investments and you're also maybe good at math. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was always told in school I wasn't very good at math. And then when it came time (laughs) to actually run my own businesses, it turns out I'm very good at math. So, (laughs) Um, Ah, got it. Yes. When it's uh, for for personal investment or something you're actually passionate about, you suddenly get good at it, right? (laughs) So uh, diving a bit more into how you got involved in cannabis, the industry, the movement, um, you mentioned, you know, you had an interest in it, but how did this move really happen? And, you know, I'm, I'm curious more about your relationship with the, the industry, the movement and the plant. Sure. So uh, I had been looking at cannabis companies for a number of years. And as someone responsible for deploying capital for a group of investors, um, we just weren't able to find mature enough businesses and uh, management teams that we could get comfortable with compared to the opportunity set. Most of what we were doing was in healthcare, so I have a lot of experience there. And then uh, as the interest level increased, it, it aligned with me personally and my belief that cannabis and the access to cannabis will be transformational from an economic standpoint, but also in particular in the healthcare applications, I think we're just at the, you know, at the starting points, Right. Uh, decided to re, you know, tool my business to entirely focus on cannabis. So we have sort of three things that we focus on. We, we have uh, uh, our investment fund, which is Bonaventure Equity. We run a series, uh, an event series called the Cannabis Dealmaker Summits. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, I wrote the book Cannabis Capital, it's called, uh, which is the first book on venture capital for cannabis. So we really focused on building a platform uh, and, and a, uh, you know, a system and by, the, by which we can finance entrepreneurship beyond just you know, providing capital. So we kind of took a go slow to go fast. And, um, you know, as far as the relationship to the plant, I mean, we have a mission to create a billion dollars in value and a positively impact a billion lives. And I believe this plant is the, uh, and the access this plant and the, the momentum from a, from a regulatory and legal standpoint is going to provide the, the pathways to achieving that mission. That's great. I like, I like that mission, uh, uh- help a billion people also while, while also making money. I think, I think that uh, underscores the idea of maybe the, the idea of the triple bottom line. I'm sure you've heard of that people, planet profits, right? Yeah, that's great. I think we should all keep that in mind, especially in the world we're especially in the world that we're facing ahead of us now. Um, So as, as we head toward our next commercial break in about three minutes, um, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear more about what's going on at the company, your day-to-day, and, and kind of what your role is. A, a lot of people in the cannabis industry wear a lot of hats. Uh, I wonder what it's like over there. At yeah, it's sure. I mean, it's we're spending a lot of our time right now working with our portfolio companies and making sure that we're being as helpful as possible as we navigate a new paradigm. Um, you know, as a as a anecdotal feedback, I went to one of the local dispensaries uh, in Florida today and uh, they were packed. Um, you know, I, I had to wait to get in and I was asking the people, I just, I try to be very, you know, boots on the ground and everything that we do. And so we try mm-hmm. to pay a lot of attention at what's happening. And so we're, we're just trying to read the tea leaves and make sure we understand what's going on. I think the demand is there. I think it's a moment in time where cannabis will be getting the right amount of attention as a, as, as a medicine and, and for the, you know, health benefits. Uh, and obviously consumers are, um, 
you know, out in the out buying a lot of cannabis right now, given the uncertainty. So, you know, we're spending a lot of time working with our companies. And then generally my, you know, my role is to find great entrepreneurs that we can help support and finance and, and uh, manage the investment funds that we continue to, to raise. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, never mind toilet paper, but yes, alcohol and cannabis yeah. and uh, food, obviously, and cleaning supplies are, are all really high sellers right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, and I, I liked your joke about the, the hemp toilet paper <laughs> as well. I mean, I, I, I really think that's a whole nother conversation about how we, we, really need to invest in more manufacturing facilities that can create all these hemp products that we really, really want to see in the market for, for daily use for, for the planet and, and for using this amazing plant and saving the trees. Well, one of the things that we try to pay a lot of attention to the way we think about it is this, this anal this analogy, like you had mentioned to alcohol, we don't think goes nearly far enough from a comparison standpoint. Yes, we believe it's going to be inelastic to macroeconomic trends like what we're going through now. Yes, we do believe from a recreational standpoint, it will be something that people will consume probably in greater um, usages or greater volume now rather um, as we see, you know, the inverse correlation with alcohol. But if we start to have to close retail for a while, which may happen, mm. the fact that dispensaries are being carved out because they're medical necessary, medically necessary, you would never have that conversation about closing a liquor store, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you'd ever have the conversation about how, you know, the ingredients in, in liquor could be turned into toilet paper, even though I was joking. I, I think we're just at the, the very beginning stages of all of the wonderful ways in which we can you know, get access to this plant as a resource, uh, which mm -hmm. is also why we view it as a global economy beyond just the industry applications. Absolutely. Yes. Appreciate that insight for sure. All right. Let's take our first commercial break and then we'll be back to chat more with Ross O'Brien from Bonaventure Equity and we'll get more into uh, investments. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and, and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge at, that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Now 
the National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network, learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers, and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with Ross O'Brien from Bonaventure Equity, uh, entirely focused on investing in the cannabis industry. So, as far as what's going on here in the United States, investments are interesting because it's still not federally legal, as we know, working on it. And two, banking is still a huge hurdle for the cannabis industry, though we're seeing success with the Safe Banking Act having passed through the House last year, now awaiting action in the Senate. Let's talk a bit more about how the banking crisis here impacts the investment community when it comes to cannabis investments? Sure. I think that's such a great question and a key issue that we try to be uh, really actively involved in, really excited about the passing of the Safe Banking Act. So obviously there's more to go there. Um, but this, from our standpoint, is is probably more important than descheduling right now for being a, a, a form of legislation that's business friendly. Um, and as we mentioned earlier that you picked up on, we have a, a mission to positively impact a billion lives. So we have to be global in scope uh, if, we're going to, if we're going to achieve that. Mm-hmm. So what, what we look for and what we're seeing is the trend of, of trying to create uh, at the state level here in the U.S. some air coverage from the federal uh, oversight, from federal oversight rather, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, will help be pro-business and it's things like getting access to just, you know, normal banking services, you know, running credit cards, being able to, you know, if companies want to, in legal states do want to be public, uh, giving them the opportunity to do that in, you know, larger, more, you know, mature um, uh, public environments like we have in the, in, in the U.S. versus some of the other countries that a lot of IPOs are happening in. And all of that just is going to free up, you know, capital. I do believe that one day um, incumbent venture funds and, and investment funds that are right now sitting on the sidelines because of it being federally illegal will come into the space. They'll largely focus on their investment thesis prior to investing in cannabis. So for example, I think that we'll see at some, at some stage, you know, fintech funds will come in and invest in cannabis fintech, but they'll be fintech first and cannabis second. Mm-hmm. And so for us, we look very much at being cannabis first and then industry second. So we have a broad mandate beyond just, you know, fintech or agriculture or, you know, touching the plant, not touching the plant, ancillary data, whatever it may be. 
Interesting. Right. It sounds like you enter in by the angle of your expertise and then add on the second layer, perhaps. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So for those interested in investing in the cannabis industry for the very first time, maybe they sat back for the last six years Mm -hmm. and just, and just watched right before dipping their toe in the pool. And you even mentioned earlier that it started with smaller investments, family money, things like that before moving up to more sophisticated investments. Um, What advice would you have for someone at this stage who's about to put their dollars down in our industry? Would you say, jump on in, the water is fine, or, or you know, should, <laughs> should more caution still be taken? Well, I mean, given when people listen to this, the, the timing, the public markets in general are, are going through a period of extreme volatility and fair point, um, super fair point. So I, so, so I get a little bit of, I get a little bit of a, right. So I get a, but I get a little bit of a freebie to, to speak maybe a little more clearly about this, this issue and be less controversial because uh, I wish I could say the water's fine, but you know, prior to what's her, what's happening currently, you know, we do not invest in or, or have no interest in the public markets for cannabis. And and I get asked this question by friends and family and people a lot. And I unfortunately have to say, you know, it's it's a scary place to be even before what we're dealing with now. And 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 the reason is is you know largely what we felt was a lot of um, retail investors were you know, we're, we're driving demand for cannabis stocks that they can invest in. Now, for us, that goes two ways. One, you end up with valuations that are not based on fundamentals and you have mm-hmm. companies going IPO prematurely. Um, it just, you know, it, it looked like something that was scary. And we saw that, you know, sort of October last year, things really started to, to tip back from the stratosphere in terms of the, the public markets in cannabis. Mm. But, the, but the other side of that coin is that it means that there's a silver lining there that, are, are, that, that people in our believe that cannabis has a, is here f- to stay in our communities, right? So oh, yeah. if, if investors didn't have an appetite for cannabis stocks, that would be a, a worse scenario. So I would say, look, as, as investors... And I would say this piece of advice to investors in any sector, whether it's you know cannabis or technology or whatever, venture capital investing is extremely, extremely risky. And so, if you're looking to invest in a startup, you know the the failure rates are you know extraordinary. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, so it, it and these investments require a lot of care and feeding. So for us, obviously, that's why we have pooled investments and our investors look to us to create portfolio strategies and diversification and be able to, you know, really be in the grassroots of building the the types of companies that we want to invest in. Um, so I would say, you know, proceed with caution. Um, private company investing is not for everyone. These investments require a lot of attention and, and activity. And I heard somebody actually on the panel at your event in Boston, I was at uh, recently say that every every angel investor is passive until the company's not going well, right? So mm. the inverse of that is for <laughs> entrepreneurs, be careful of sort of who you bring in as well. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's tough to navigate. I wish I had a sort of silver bullet, but for us, the approach was stick to our knitting where we've been successful in particular in healthcare in the past, which is provide, you know, resources and capital to early stage companies and build a portfolio. Right. Right. Got it. So uh, you have to have an appetite for risk at this stage of the game still. Yeah. 
But yeah, cannabis is here to stay. We didn't work for this as activists for decades, just for it to be, just for us to get this far for sure. So um, yeah, that's actually how I opened my book as well is really talking about without the, without people showing up to try to get, you know, uh, things on the, on their local ballots. I mean, we wouldn't be here today. And so there's still a lot to go figure out with that and, and do right by the historical incarcerations and things that, that really require a lot. I, I think all of us in this space to be a lot more attentive to uh, the business opportunity is really meaningful, but, but you have to, you know, you have to have the right balance and, and the right uh, correlation between all of the trajectory and the trends. And we certainly try to pay a lot of attention to that authenticity before we go into any of our investments. That's great. I really appreciate that. I say it over and over again. It's a it's a value um, of a lot of people in the cannabis community and at NCIA that if you're if you're going to get into the cannabis industry, you are now an activist for cannabis. You are now an yeah. advocate as well. It it's it goes hand in hand. You 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 now wear both hats. So um, and you you know one of the one of the things. Sorry to cut you off, but also one of the things when I have people, you know, friends, family, etc., ask, oh, where should where should I invest? Just back to your last question. A lot of times they're looking for, you know, stock advice and I'm not the right guy to do that anyway. Right. But, you know, I, I do say, look, find a way to get involved in your local community, find, you know, an investment can also be something that's philanthropic. It doesn't necessarily have to be for financial gain. Mm. If it's something that you just want to, you know, be involved in being involved from that perspective can give you an expertise that could eventually inform your investment decisions. I mean, it was 18 months before we made a single investment because we wanted to make sure that we were really focused on, you know, and, and learn and, you know, and, and I, wor- I was working on the book and, and make sure we had that information. You know, quite honestly, philanthropy is a great pathway for people if they want to get involved and, and they're, they want to put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the learnings and the information from that could ultimately allow them to find ways to monetize that investment through future investments if they get the, you know, the, the experience and expertise that's needed to be smart. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that perspective. Absolutely. So in our last about 60 seconds here before our next commercial break, uh, you mentioned the book that you've been, that you worked on and published. It's called Cannabis Capital about cannabis investments. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about that and what other kinds of insight readers would gain from that book. Sure. I'll give you the 60 seconds and then sort of probably expand a little further, but it's the first book on venture capital for cannabis and started as a resource for entrepreneurs. And in summary, there were a lot of entrepreneurs that were coming to us looking for capital that uh, just didn't have some of the, you know, sophistication or experience on the finance side. So it started really as a textbook, like a lot of these things on, you know, valuations and how to think about building a financial model and how to do financial planning and how to pitch to investors. I mean, they're not really secrets anymore. So I started by creating a resource in the hope that I could help more entrepreneurs be more successful, whether we invest in them or not. Um, but it did take a, beyond that piece that's in it, it did take a, you know, a larger turn as we got into the research that has actually informed our investment decisions, which were kind of unanticipated. Gotcha. Great. Awesome. Um, 
hopefully I can take a look at that maybe at one of our future events on our author's uh, table at our future conferences on the expo floor. We typically have an author's section as well. That would make a great addition. All right, we're going to take our last commercial break here, and then we'll be right back to wrap up our chat with Ross O'Brien from Bonaventure Equity. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Dazed and Infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. It's time to Hemp Present. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com, Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCI's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we've been chatting with Ross O'Brien from Bonaventure Equity, getting some insight on investing in the cannabis industry uh, and how to do it wisely and do do your due diligence. Um, so as we turn to your involvement with NCIA, um, our community of members has grown over the years and, and we have a lot to reflect on. 2020, it is quite a wild year, <laughs> um, but <laughs> we've come a long way. The organization was founded in 2010, so we have so much progress to celebrate, hurdles that we've uh, come, on, come across and a lot of successes in between. I'm curious, how would you characterize where you were 10 years ago and if you could have ever predicted the cannabis industry would look the way it does now? Yeah, I think that's such an interesting question. Um, to go To come at it backwards, what I would say is I feel that now with 
hindsight 2020, given that it's 2020, that entrepreneurs in particular, cannabis entrepreneurs are probably more prepared and more suited for the kind of, um, you know, disruptions that we're going through economically and, and as a society, because that's just been the case for the last decade. Mm. And so if I go back sort of 10 years ago, personally, it was, you know, a lot of failures and, and a lot of in, involvement with private companies and, and learning the things that quite candidly, you just don't get the, those tools without experience. Um, as far mm-hmm. as, you know, cannabis, it's always been something that's been around in my lifestyle. Um, but in particular, when uh, I took a turn in my professional career to focus a lot on investing in healthcare and getting into the types of investments that have very complicated regulatory oversight that have very complicated uh, pathways to legality, whether it's FDA medical devices or, you know, um, pharmacy and, and, you know, getting things through in the consumer's hands, it seemed, it all of a sudden sort of occurred to me that those years of that experience uh, were infinitely adaptable to where we are today in cannabis. Yeah. Great. You got, gosh, that just reminds me a bit of having a Buddhist perspective of just adapting, <laughs> having that, having that adaptive mindset. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and as we look to the future, uh, it's very, very difficult to make predictions right now, even before um, the COVID virus, even before uh, the disruption that we're seeing in the world, it was very difficult to predict even three months from now, what the cannabis industry would look like with the shifting regulatory tides. Uh, But would, would you care to make a 10 10 years from now prediction for the cannabis industry for the year 2030 in your crystal ball there? Well, um, if I had one of those crystal balls, uh, (laughs) I'd probably be in a different spot today, but um, I'll do my best. It's, <laughs> yes. uh, it's a little murky. Um, look, I, I, I think in the near term, our and and I've actually been penning a, a letter to our investors that that reflects some of this. So it's fresh in my sort of mind. One, uh, a c- demand for for cannabis um, from a consumption standpoint, both recreationally and for medical use, isn't going anywhere. And in fact, it's only going to increase. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that we have some wind in our sails with what we're calling the medical moment for marijuana, where um, communities are literally deciding if we have to close essential down to essential services, is access to cannabis essential? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not 100% falling this way, but it's very interesting to see that how quickly communities are saying, yes, this is important and doing things like delivery and drive throughs and things in this moment. I think that'll actually shine a light on, on some of the momentum that we need in the near term. So I think that we'll see an even larger uh, swell of local um, legislation uh, that is going to be cannabis, pro-cannabis and, and cannabis-friendly, not the least of which is because I think there's a lot of tax dollars and a lot of um, you know, monies into the communities that are going to be able to be unlocked by um, you know, decriminalizing and, and, and uh, legalizing cannabis in, on, a, on a small scale. And, and when I say small, I mean in, in very localized, right? And then you have this, this further momentum. So I think that's going to put a ton of wind in our sails um, overall as you know, the cannabis markets. And yeah. so I think in 10 years from now, I don't think we'll be talking as much about 
the word cannabis, quite frankly. I think for us, you know, right now we are cannabis venture capital. At some point it might just, you know, it's just venture capital, right? When, mm-hmm. you know, so, so it doesn't have to be so unique and so dynamic as things mature. And certainly this is a global trend. And I believe that cannabis and cannabis derived products will be in every home. Um, so I think it is a time where we're going to see very, uh, I think we're going to see some extraordinary companies built in the next couple of years. Um, really great businesses that will be durable. We're going to see a lot of resourcefulness out of entrepreneurs, which is just table stakes in any economic um, condition. So great entrepreneurs in particular in cannabis that are used to adapting to, you know, the, 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 the market moving under their feet on a regular basis are going to do extremely well going forward. Yeah, I, I very much appreciate that optimism and, and the ability to uh, look to the long term and the bright future, uh, even in sh- shorter term hurdles and struggles and, and conflicts that we come across. So thanks for that insight. Um, well, we've run out of time, but uh, I, I encourage all of our listeners to stay stay tuned to the podcast and don't forget there's a lot of great content and resources on NCIA's website uh, while we continue social distancing here in our society. So definitely log on to thecannabisindustry.org and we will be doing our best to bring you more and more digital content for you to consume as we get through the quarantine and social distancing culture that we're about to be um, very familiar with soon. And Ross, thank you so much for taking time to chat with me today. Really great insights on investment. And I look forward to taking a look at the book, Cannabis Capital as well. Where can people find out more about you? Well, thank you. And I look forward to coming back 10 years from now to revisit this conversation and see how <laughs> my predictions were. So you can uh, send me a calendar invite. You got it. Um, Thank you for everything that, that you're doing. We're delighted to be a part of the organization. Um, really just, you know, seeing a lot of value for us as, as, a, as a business. So we expect to be very involved going forward. Um, Cannabis Capital is available wherever books are sold. It's published by Entrepreneur Press, so on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. Um, and you can see more uh, of my blogs and, and get direct access to it on my, web, my personal website, which is rossobrienvc.com. And you can always visit us at bvequity.com for Bonaventure Equity. Perfect. Thank you. And thank you to everyone for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.